G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, g'day, g'day. My name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor, and this is a very exciting day for me because I'm coming to you live. Well, Hunty, welcome, mate. G'day, mate. Where are we coming from? We're live from South Queensland. Where are we in South Queensland? Do you know or do we I We are in Kalanga. We are in Kalanga. That's right. And we are at what's called in the Adventist Church a special convention. You know why I like this? Two why reasons. One, I'm home. Yep. This is my home. Yep. I've come home to my territory. And number two, this is camp meeting. Now, we've got a couple of guests today, Hunter. Yeah, we do. you introduce them to us? Certainly. On my left is Pastor Wayne Bowen. Welcome, mate. Okay, buddy. Good to see you. Thanks, mate. And also, to further to my left is uh, Pastor Robbie Bergen, who also is a very special member of our team. He's our <laughs> boss. Yep. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Now, uh, we've had both you guys on plenty of times before, so if you're a regular listener to this program, you know who these guys are. But just so we know... No. Wayne, what do you do? So I look after Hope Channel and the Bible School for Adventist Media here in Sydney. Well, down there in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we're in Queensland. Like, we're out of our territory up here. <laughs> That's it. You're not wearing shorts though, Wayne. No, no. I, I am. Came prepared. <laughs> came prepared. Sun up here, cover up, <laughs> slip, stop, slap. Very good. Okay, so you, so you work in Sydney and you, yeah. we work together a fair bit. We do. And me, uh, doing stuff. Um, and we have you, as, as some of our listeners know, pretty regularly. And this guy next to me, introduce yourself um, again. Um, and he, he's actually, and we say this every time, Faith FM. I am. He's one of the big bosses. Absolutely. I just, I just have a way of using up all your time. So whenever we get <laughs> together, do. we just choose through the time, and I don't feel bad because we give you the time anyway. <laughs> we are a little bit worried today about our time. Can I also listeners? tell our listeners that we're in the expo hall and of the convention centre? So if you're hearing a bit more noise than normal, that's because we are live in a big crowd. Yeah, I'm looking at eyeballs, looking at us. <laughs> hey everyone. This is radio. There's eyeballs. <laughs> I don't look, so I feel all right. I don't get the nerves. If I look, that's why I'm sitting here, so I don't have to look. Hey, um, Robbie, tell us where we are and what this is. So this is, as in the actual location, yeah, the yeah, what, what are we what are we doing here? So every 12 months, there's a big convention up here in um, South Queensland, in Brisbane, north yep. of Brisbane, and it's uh, called Big Camp. And so this year is Big Camp 2023. And uh, it's great. I don't, Wayne, you know how many people are here? It's like 4,000? There'll five. be something like that. But the, the other special thing about this, these happen all around Australia. Yeah. So, you know, New South Wales, Yarra Hapney, down uh, mid-north coast. Yeah, we, we did a breakfast show from there this year. Okay. So we did a live breakfast show with Lawson and myself for the whole week. That was a big effort. Um, but this is the Queensland equivalent. Yeah. And there's a bit of uh, rivalry between uh, 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 Queensland and New South Wales on who has the biggest only a big bit. camp. <laughs> and uh, when I was in New South Wales, I said it was New South Wales. And then now here they're telling me it's here, so I'm oh, not no. sure. Mate, I'm not this sure. Is, this is my home camp. I've been going here. So you're biased. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been here for a long time. It's the first time I've been here for a long time. This is the biggest camp in Australia. What happens is Adventists and others from all around South Queensland, from Rockhampton down to Brisbane, out past Roma in June, they come in for, what, 10 days? Yeah. Yep. And what, what, what happens here, Wayne? Well, they'll, they'll sit through um, or attend seminars, they'll attend worship programs. Uh, for the younger kids, yeah. uh, youth, they'll go out on, on activities down to the water parks at the Gold Coast or um, up to Australia Zoo. So a lot of fun activities for the whole family, not just um, the, the mums and dads and older folk. For the whole family, it's a, a whole lot of fun. Robbie, if 
I was a listener of Faith FM. I don't know. Are we, are we around Brisbane at all or not a whole lot? Yeah, we are. Um, I found out from my guys yesterday, I think it was, that we have around 80,000 people tuning into Faith FM around South Queensland. Fantastic. So if I'm living in South Queensland yes. and I've never heard of this camp, which is in Kalanga, and I wanted to come, and I'm, 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 I'm your average Joe Blow Aussie, can I come along? Why is this called Kalanga? I've never heard that before. This is Kalanga. This is the suburb that we're in. in. I thought yeah. it was North Lakes. Like, uh, North Lakes is right oh, across the actually, road. Actually, here's the deal. Here we go. Since, since I've been here, they, they have renamed all these suburbs and they've got all these trendy, I don't want to say woke. <laughs> I'll get, it's not woke. They'll, they'll, throw me out of, <laughs> they'll throw me out of Queensland. No, they've got all these trendy good names. It used to be Kalanga. It's, oh, it's still it? listed on the map as Kalanga. It is Kalanga. There you go. Yeah, but um, literally across the road is North Lakes. Is that it how is? it works? Yeah, no, it's just across there, but um, that's a whole different suburb. That's miles away. Okay. Over there all right, Lakes. fair enough. You bring confusion onto the program, brother. <laughs> anyway, let's, here's the deal. If you yeah. know where Costco is yep. in north of Brisbane, yep. you know where the campground's going to be in that area. And, and can if, you you know where, if you don't know where Costco is, Bunnings. Yeah, Bunnings, uh, Ikea. Actually, yeah. before this program's over, we're going to have the exact r- address of where this place is. <laughs> can you come? That's my question to you guys. Can anybody come to this camp meeting? Yep, just say Robbie's name. <laughs> Robbie invited me. <laughs> say the Aussie pastor sent me. Actually, I'm happy for you to say the Aussie pastor sent me. They might not let you win, but you can say it. <laughs> now, you've you got can- security here, you know that, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. They accosted Hunty on the way in. We were lucky to get in, actually, because for a little while there, I didn't think they were going to let you in, Hunty. Well, I did have to remove the bollard myself to drive through. <laughs> You'll get into trouble, man. <laughs> well, look, we're going to talk about Camp Moore in just a minute. Welcome, you guys. We're glad to Thank have you Thank you for having us. And we're glad to have you, our listeners, here. And, Hunty, I, I wonder, uh, should I get you to pray or should I get one of these guys to... So that's one of our guests. Let's go, Wayne. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, you don't mind? <laughs> yeah, let's Open pray. Open for prayer. Lord, it's, it's real special to, to join Australians right across this great country um, to talk, to share, to, to pray together. And as we... Um, I guess talk and share may you be seen may we study scripture may we understand more of who you are and more of your desire for our life and uh, Lord bless our listeners today Mm. may you just do uh, mighty things in their life and draw them closer to you we pray in Jesus name Amen. Amen You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM Hunty's jump on the gun. Every week, we have disagreements <laughs> on radio. Well, I, I know, I hear them. You, you've consumed the two minutes to welcome our guests by taking ten. Already <laughs> I've decided that we're going to forget about the time today. We're done. <laughs> the run sheet's gone. You've got three minutes. You can I, do this day I, an issue. What have you got? <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to keep going. Uh, every week, we do this thing called This Day in History. Uh, and today is September 19, 262nd second day of the year. Uh, and 1778, listen to this one, Hunty. The US government prepared yep. and released the first ever budget for the nation. Is that a blessing or not? I'm That's not good sure. to be organised with, with your money. A if there's a budget, there's tax. Oops. <laughs> Uh, 1796, George Washington's Farewell Address published across America. Remember, I was in the United States as a student and I studied this very famous address where the father of the nation, George Washington, finishing his second term. You know anything about George Washington, Rob? I know a little bit. Did you know that he didn't want to do a second term? No, I didn't know that. No, he didn't. He only wanted to do one term. Do you know Uh, why? Yeah, because he never felt that he was presidential material. That's a good sign of a leader. Yeah, yeah, it was. And, and it, he gives a, a, a very famous farewell address. One of the first things published across the whole of the United States of America. Uh, this is one for Hunty. 1849, first commercial laundry in Oakland, California. Oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're, we're always looking for a laundry. Yeah, we do, and we're away. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah we yeah. are. Yep. Uh, um, 1912. Now, here's a, here's a question for both you guys, without notice. What is Australia's 
Uh, make sure I get this right. National flower. Without looking on the internet. I was a quick hit Google. <laughs> Australia's national flower. Because it was chosen in 1912. We have one? Yeah, we do. I think of New South Wales. Yeah, is, there's is that the red Waratah. thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's not that, though. It's Australia's national flower. Is it Waddle? Yes. Oh, there we wow. go. Got Congratulations. Very good. That's Did why we pay him the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, you'll like this because he was a great fan of this show. 1970, the Mary Tyler Moore show debuted. <laughs> it, was, it was a good fun, that show. <laughs> uh, 1970, this is one I like. Faulty Towers debuts with John Cleese. Oh, brilliant. Funny, funny show. In 1980, I was asking you about this before the show today, Hunty. Yep. US Titan to internet, intercontinental ballistic missile. I never knew this. Explodes in its storage silo. This happens... September 19, 1980, a Titan II intercontinental missile. Get this. ICB. Yep. Exploded. Did you know this? I knew of the story, yeah. Oh, I didn't know. But didn't it happen today, though? <laughs> it did. It exploded. Over 20 were injured. One was killed. Do you know why it didn't, why there was no thermonuclear detonation? No, I didn't. Anyone know? No. It wasn't made in China, was it? No, it was made <laughs> in America. <laughs> um... The, they have these fail-safe things on it. Yep. Saved it. Hey, Hunty, what would happen if there's a thermonuclear detonation? Well, the temperature of the surrounding hundreds of kilometres becomes very, very hot and everyone melts and dies. Okay, that would be very bad. Mm. Uh, 19, 19, 1988, almost there. Australian swimmer Duncan Armstrong sets world record and wins a 200-metre freestyle gold medal at the Seoul Olympics. I remember that, Hunty, do you? We're old enough. I don't reckon... That was 88, right? 88. Yeah, remember I remember. That? It was on the news. And my little sister... So I would... 88, I was 10. Wow. And my little sister was 8, and she said, Duncan Armstrong wears underpants, because she saw him wearing <laughs> the Speedos. He's wearing his Speedos. And she made a song out of it. And I remember it distinctly to this day. So how old were you? 8. I was 10. 10. I was 24. There you go. That was very exciting. You remember it or not at all? Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We're kind of aging ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> 1994, Hunty, you'll know this one. ER, ER debuted on debuted on t- TV. ER, that. Yes. Uh, what yes. Is that a, is I did that watch a, a few episodes. I've never seen it. Is that a... It's an emergency room, like a That was my mum's favourite TV show because she's a nurse. <laughs> nice. Is it, a, is it like a drama? Or yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Isn't yeah. that one George Clooney got yes. famous? Yes. Something like that. And Mandy Patinkin also. Yeah. And the last one, 2022, Queen Elizabeth was interred at Westminster Abbey on this day a couple mm. of years ago. Well, one year ago. She got what? She got interned. Buried. Buried. Westminster Abbey. Did I say that was right? It interred, last? correct. Was it last year? It wasn't like years ago, was it? Oh, yeah, it was last, just, year. Just last yeah, year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah, 2022. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Not long ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah did uh, I say years ago? Did yeah, I? you said years ago. I'm like, I thought it was recent. <laughs> I do have a few misspeaks, don't I, on this program? I'm not going to let him slide through the keeper. <laughs> Some births. Let's see if any of you guys know these. 1969 Costa Zoo. Boxer. Fire. Very good. Who? Uh, he was a boxer. This okay. one, I know Hunty knows this one. I wonder, Hunty, you can't answer this. Okay. I know you know. 1974 Jimmy Fallon, birthday. Jimmy Fallon? Yep. He's a comedian. That's right. Tonight show or something. Tonight show, Tonight show correct, something. Yeah. Yeah. This one, anyone, 1986, Sally Pearson. Sally Pearson, she's an Aussie girl. If you're listening, happy, happy birthday. We love you. She's you a cyclist. She was? Close. She's a 110-metre Olympic runner. I'll get this right. Cycling no. over my head. Running close. Running, yeah. 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 2011, 2017, she's a world champion. 2012, she won the Olympic Games, gold medal. 2008, uh, silver medal. Fantastic. They're the runners who jump the hurdles, you know, those guys? Oh, yeah. 110 metres. Uh, death is only one. Slim Dusty. There's a good day. Not too many people die on this day, September mm. 19th. Slim Dusty, 2015. He was a great singer. Mm. I didn't, I didn't know he died. Yeah, he's died. He died. Mate. Wow. <laughs> Come on. He was a great icon. <laughs> he was dulled when he died, man. <laughs> but 
But I loved him. Hey, where, where does he come from, Hunty? Is it Kempsey or somewhere down there? Yeah, you got the Kempsey, uh, the memorial on the side of the road. Yeah, on the is that side Kempsey? Of the yeah, 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 yeah. Great singer, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So th- that's this day in history. Again, we are glad you are here. And to open the program today, we're going to listen to this beautiful song, God is Good from the Old Paths.
song, Hunty. Great song. Hey, mate, um, did you get the address? Because I want to tell you, if you want to come out to this uh, camp meeting on Saturday and you want to hear some really good preaching, there's a number of uh, big tents you can go to. If you're over 25, you can go there. If you're adult, you can go there. There's stuff for youth. There's stuff for the kids. What's the address, Hunty? So the address is... The Watson Park Convention Centre, 337 Old Gympie Road, Kalanga. And I'm going to put that address out there a few times because we want you to come and we want you to join in and see what's going on here. And if 100,000 people Indeed turn up, do. I'd say praise God. Yeah, absolutely. We'd fit them in somehow, wouldn't we, Wayne? We would. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Lloyd, just give it an understanding of the, yep. the size of the tents. Yes. Um, and this is how the competition between states, judging between the, the um, how many poles the big tent has. Yeah. So I think from one end to the other, it'd be, what, 100 and... 100 metres? It's eight poles, isn't it? Eight, eight poles. Wow. Yeah. So these are large tents. So, yeah, if you Bigger than any area, circus tent you've ever seen. Absolutely. You can see them from the air. <laughs> <laughs> How many people would be in that big tent? Uh, 2,000 plus? It'd have to be a couple of thousand. I think on Saturday, I'm going to ask um, one of the pastors who's going to come and share with us in a moment. I think in sa- on, on Saturday, Sabbath, for us, there'd be 8,000 more I'm going to be corrected on that, but I think it would be mm. somewhere around 8,000 people. So it's big and it's vibrant, it's exciting, and it's full of the grace and the Spirit of God with some really tremendous preaching and some beautiful music. And if you're living anywhere else in the entire country, you can tune into Faith FM at the same time. That's it. It's Faith FM. No, we're not broadcasting, but you can tune into Faith FM. Do you FM. reckon there would come a day where we would broadcast from these sorts of places, or is it just too difficult? Because to do mate. this today, we had to have Hunty, who I reckon, now you're going to correct me, Robbie, oh. but I reckon he's one of the, if not the best, uh, techies in he's Australia. He's shaking his head no, but he's I'll good, isn't he? He's, he's good. Did you ever see a day where we do that? He works under pressure. Oh, look, I would love to see, I mean, we have been doing them. We have done um, a number of these big camps around Australia. In fact, next year, we'll probably be in Perth doing yeah. some ah, things broadcast from I'll there. I'll be over there for that. Yeah. Well, be good With to you. Work. Yeah. yeah. So, it's it's something that we'd like to do. It's just that sometimes the scheduling doesn't exactly line up. Yeah, yeah because it's radio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure, we like to record the content. Oh, and sometimes I know we play a lot of the later. content gets yeah, played later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, just a couple. We don't want to spend too, too much time on the news today because we've got a whole lot of stuff going down here. Yep. But um, EV sales, hunting, are, are stagnating. That's electric vehicles. That's I, that's bad. I, I want an electric vehicle because, you know what, not just the environment, they're so fast. Yes, they're fantastic. Fast. However, there's, there are some small stumbling blocks. Small? Well, large. big. The, the people who are now running the charging stations are charging more for electricity in a public charging station than, electric, than petrol. That's a problem. Really? If you live in an apartment building, you can't get a power point fitted to your parking space underneath because there's no more power left in the building. Yeah. Yeah, but if you can afford solar panels on your roof and plug it into your own garage and charge it yourself, you're way ahead. Now, Rob, I can see you just busting to he say is. something. Let him in. I, I, even, even from when the, when we were talking about this program to begin with, I could tell you're no EV supporter. I am an EV. I love oh, driving okay. them. They're awesome. Have to drive. you driven one? Yes, I have. I never have. Okay, so I he, want to. But here, like, okay, so I was in Perth on Tuesday. Yep. I right, fly into Perth Tuesday night, go and get, pick up my hire car. Yep. And in front of me, there's like 30 people all on the same late flight, 10 o'clock flight, wanting to get cars. So. I go with a particular brand of hire car, yep. like a, a company, and so when I get there, they're giving out their cars, assigning cars one by one, one by one, and this particular fleet has gone with a fleet of electric cars across the country. No matter which, which airport I go oh, to, wow. it's electric cars, right? And so they're encouraging us to hire electric cars. The problem is I've just landed in Perth. Yeah. So 
the f people were in front of me, they got to pick a car up and they're told, um, how far are you going to be driving? And the first lady goes, I'm driving to Broome from Perth to Broome. She Broom, doesn't want right? an electric car. And they're like, oh, well, that car only has 400 kilometer range. And she says, is there any charging stations? Uh, let me check the map. Uh, no. So do you have a petrol car? Well, I only had, they, she had to hire a, um, a Toyota Caravan, uh, what they call it, a ca people mover, Carav Caravina or something. or something. Something like that. Yeah. So she's gone to a hire car company in the Perth airport and she is trying to get, they're trying to give her an electric car, but it's completely useless for the application, right? So that was the first lady in front of me. The next guy comes along and he's going to, um, I don't know, somewhere south of Perth, like four hours. Car, electric car can't go. And so everyone they're coming to, they're giving electric car, and they can't, they don't work. And not in those sorts of distances without those sorts of charging infrastructure. Then they came to me and they're like, where are you going? I said, I'm going 10 minutes away. Can you take electric car? Yes, please. So I had the fun of driving electric car for the week. Are they fast? Oh, they're amazing. They're absolutely amazing you to drive. You know what? I saw an electric car and Hunty saw it. This is fair dinkum. Out in the middle of the desert at the border between South Australia and West Australia. Hunty, <laughs> was there an electric car True, out there? There was. And it was charging up, wasn't it? Very slowly. <laughs> I don't know how fast. They had it plugged into a normal PowerPoint. Hunty, so. are, are electric cars the future or is it going to be hydrogen? Hydrogen, I believe, but who knows? Have you driven one way? Electric car? Don't think so. I've, I've, I haven't had your luck. And in you're the, you're uh, on the road all the time, too. Yeah, yeah. I've had three of them this year. Yeah, no, they haven't. They've never given me an electric one of the. Um, at the really? Uh, yeah. Are they hard? So to Sydney, I got, I get them. Perth, I get them. Melbourne, I get them. Yeah. Are, are they hard to drive? Like, no. are, are they difficult? It, it's okay. The very first time you get into it, it's weird because there's no noise. Yeah. And like when you press the on button, nothing happens. It's yeah. like, and, and it's until you start. Sorry. The weirdest thing about driving an electric car for me is the whole braking thing. Yeah. Because you don't really ever have to use a brake. You take your foot off the accelerator, and the thing just starts oh. slowing down. And so the whole you know accelerator brake type thing that that's different. But let me just say this. Parramatta Road, I was the fastest person from one green light to the next red light. <laughs> I, I love it. So he reached 40 before anybody else Exactly. Yeah. I didn't break the speed limit, but I was the fastest to get to the speed limit. I would love to see you. Have fun. I would love to see you <laughs> next to Hunty of the lights because he has this rule that no one's getting off the lights. That's I, right. I have to go first. In one electric cars that I've driven, I would guarantee you I will beat you. Whatever you've got. Unless it's electric, I'll beat you. But okay. it just takes away the fun. Sitting next to a, a Mustang 5 litre, Listening to that rumble of the set of lights when you, there's just no noise whatsoever. That is the one reason I hope hydrogen cars win over electric because apparently, Hunty, you can still hear the exhaust. That's, That's right, right, you can. On a hydrogen you car. Can. Look, all you need to do is get Tesla to do an upgrade and introduce a um, V8 sounding sound system. Oh, lovely. It's connected to your Bose, Bose actually make one for Teslas. <laughs> Funny you can, you say can that. Buy from Bose. I'm in the United States of America with Hunty and we've hired a car. And it's it's one of the, or oh, was it an Australia Hunty? It was, no, it was in Australia. And it's this. Holden thing, one of the last Holdens brought out and I'm saying, this is sounding fabulous, this is fantastic listen to the note on this, and then Hunty says, oh, this, it's actually recorded and coming through the, <laughs> the stereo. that's what they do, yeah, they do that oh, they almost had me buying a Holden man but hey, we're running out of time, we so I'm going to skip to this last one, because okay. I think it's a really serious one the Libyan flood, where they reckon 11,000 people have died, you got you know much about that Wayne? I ha I've been out of the news circulation for a, a, a few days now, so I only just picked up on this last night. So quite extraordinary, but I'm still slight, uh, slim on the details. I think two dams, Hunty. So the problem with this was the dams collapsed, which caused the tidal wave, but... The tidal wave was seven metres or, mm. or more high. Destroyed the city. 
just swept through the city in Libya. But 25 years ago, engineers identified cracks in the dam and said, you need to fix this. But because they've been embroiled in wars and all kinds of skirmishes for the last 25 years, their infrastructure is failing. And they reckon 11,000 plus, and they're saying up to 20, 25,000 people were swept out into the Mediterranean Sea, never to be seen. Imagine that. I was listening to one account, um, when was it, over the weekend sometime, and this guy was there local and he was describing, he said he walked out to where the, uh, the ocean and the river sort of meet and he saw more than 500 bodies just floating there. And he, said you, he said, you have never experienced that kind of like mental torment. Now he says like he can't get it out of his head. Yeah, yeah. Like he says, you know, in, in Libya they've, they've experienced a lot of hardship and yeah, pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, here and there you see a person mm-hmm. on the street shot or whatever, but to see 500, like babies, young people, old yeah. people, he said, it's, he says, there's no words to describe it. Asking either of you guys, Wayne or Robbie, do you see, I know our time's up, Hunty, but we, we've already shot our time today, so we're just going <laughs> to, we're just going to ride the wing today, we're, which happens. We're actually okay. Every time Robbie comes on, that happens, doesn't it? I put it? a buffer time in when we're actually okay right okay, now. Okay, very quickly, do you guys, either of you, see this as biblical? And what I mean by biblical, is this prophetic? Is this talked about in scripture? I think it goes back to, to Matthew 24, talking about the, the tumultuous times that will exist at the end yeah. of time, yeah. you know, where the, the world is, is just um, heaving because of the condition of, you know, whether it's global warming, whatever it might be. But whether this is indicative of what Jesus re- was referring to in Matthew 24, I guess time will tell. But we see certainly an escalating, um, escalating events taking place around the world that... I guess, bring us back to Matthew 24 to make us question the times in which we're living. If you don't know what Matthew 24 is, a chapter in the Bible where Jesus sits down for his disciples and describes what it'll be like at the end. And he's got all, he talks about all these cataclysmic natural things happening. Mm. Just, just a mo- Did you want to say something, mate? No, no, it's spot on. Like Matthew 24, Jesus answers the question the disciples ask. You know, what will be the indicators of your return? What will be the sign of the end of the world, so yeah. to speak? And Jesus, as Wayne, as you just said, Jesus comes along and he says, listen, it's not a pretty picture. No. There's famines. There'll be wars. There'll be rumors of wars. There'll be pestilence, earthquakes. Um, it even talks about uh, the waves being uh, being angry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the key thing here in all that passage for me is, from a prophetic point of view, aspect of yeah, prophecy, yeah, yeah. is that Jesus is not necessarily pointing to any one of those things as, hey, this is the thing mm. that means I'm coming back. He just is just painting a broad brushstroke, saying every area of our human existence is going to be touched by the problem of sin mm. and it's going to progressively get worse i was about to ask you until that. it's going to get worse yeah so we're going to see bigger disasters i think we this. have been in fact one of my favorite websites is nothing to do with religion it's mm. called our world in data and it's a website that just collects data on everything you can possibly imagine it's a non-profit and they've got a whole section there on natural disasters and reporting mm. on that and impacts and things like that and you just look at the graphs mm. over the since they've been recording since 1970 mm. since 1970 it's just exponentially getting worse yeah, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of every metric you can think of whether yeah. it's the cost of human life whether it's the cost of the dollar um, yeah. impact yeah. whether it's the cost of it doesn't matter every metric everything's getting worse yeah. it makes sense i mean that's what Jesus predicted. Yeah. Did you want to read a text there, mate? Yeah, maybe going on from the, the signs that we've talk, been talking about in Matthew yeah. 24. Um, it's interesting the signs that appear in you know, the morality of the world at the time yeah, as well. Yeah, so yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. And I think we're seeing yeah, that at the moment. Yeah. 
But it talks about then the condition of men's and women's hearts. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. This is quite a list. Yeah, that yeah, we're yeah, seeing yeah, yeah. Unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, um, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So that's a quite an incredible list that, that accompanies mm. the yeah. list that we see in Matthew 24. I think we might come back and talk about this. In a few minutes. It's your show, time. mate. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you do see these things, look up. Because the trend tells us that soon we'll see Jesus. In the foothills of sorrow, looking up from the valley of fear, you can see doubt. Off in the distance And you're about To lose heart right here But don't ever give in Don't ever give up God is with you And you'll overcome No mountain will tell you That you can't make it over It will try to convince you That it's way too hard
That's Fountain View Academy singing beautiful music, Hunty. Indeed, We, we use them all the time, eh? We do. And we use them because we really, really like them. Um, yep. want to um, welcome a special guest of ours, Joseph. Now, I'm going to have a go at your last name. And I can do this because my last name's Groleman, and people get that messed up all the time. Maticic? Oh, you've done very well. Spot on. Is it? Maticic? Yep. That's it. Where is that's that? It. Is that? That's not Aussie. That's it, it's not Aussie, but yeah. it's, um, it's Serbian background. My parents are born in the former Yugoslavia, and then they migrated here. So do you speak Serbian? I do. So if I say to you, Boji Blagoslav? God bless you. Not bad, eh? <laughs> I can say that because, uh, you know, in every church I've had, literally my entire life, I've had Serbians, Croats, or someone from the former Yugoslavia. Yep. In yep. The, so you were brought up speaking... I was brought up speaking the language, and yeah. Okay. Did you did you marry a, a Serbian girl, or you no, married... No, married an Aussie. You've got kids? Yes, two girls, two daughters. Yep. How yep. old? 16 and 19. Oh, that's a very interesting... You don't look that old, man. <laughs> uh, do they speak your language at all? Did you teach them when they were kids? Yeah, or not I tried, all? but a um, bit hard. Bit okay. Hard, yeah. Well, look, I invited you on because um, you're one of the pastors up here. We'll look at that in a minute. Tell us a little bit about your background. We've mm-hmm. we got a little glimpse, but tell us just a little bit more. Yeah, so I was born in um, born in Brisbane. Um, Are you a Brisbane boy? I am, indeed, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I grew up uh, grew up in southern Queensland. Um, what church did you go to? I went to actually a little church um, that was a Yugoslav church. Okay, uh, yeah, near Stanthorpe. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, yep, up in the Granite Belt. My yeah. dad was a preacher here in South Queensland. Yes. He used to go out and preach there. I remember, as a kid. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. We've yeah. got a connection. Yeah, that's tell it. us some more. That's it. So yeah. you, you grew so up that's, out there. That, yeah, that's, that's where I grew up. And um, from there, I um, I went and trained as a... Uh, yeah, theology. Yep, at, at Avondale at, University. At Avondale University. Yep. And went into pastoral ministry and have had the privilege of serving as a pastor for oh, something like 20-odd years in different parts of Australia, brief stint overseas, and, um, Where did and you go overseas, just briefly? In Albania. Worked in Albania. Wow. Yeah. One of my mates. Do you know Alban Matahiti? I do, yes. He was, he was one of the first... He was one of the first Adventists baptised in Albania after communism was fell. Was he the first or just one of the first? Uh, oh, one of the first, possibly. I'm not sure if exactly the very first, but um, yeah, one, one of the first ones. So, yeah, quite remarkable. We lived together as two single men for many years together. <laughs> I, funny thing is, he's actually now my boss. So, funny how the wheel turns. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy it over there? Yeah, it was an interesting experience. Yeah, we got a bit homesick, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you were a missionary? Um, missionary, three years there. Um, and, um, yeah, look back on that, and it's created a desire for me to want to do that again at some stage. And you've been a church pastor most of your life, is that correct? That's correct, yes. Now, and and in, and in the last uh, little, well, in the last eight years, worked in church administration, in an administrative role. In South Australia? In South Australia, based in Adelaide, in South Australia, for eight years. What were you doing years. down there? I was the uh, secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church You've in South Australia. You've been doing this for a while, then. As well as ministerial secretary, Sabbath school director. So, yeah, and um, as of the beginning of this year, have moved to South Queensland, and I'm in the role of secretary for the Seventh Adventist Church here in South Queensland. Now, before we go to that, a lot of our listeners might recognise your voice. Well, why is that? That is because I had the privilege, uh, Lloyd, of being on um, Drive Time Big Q and A, that was hosted live from Adelaide, and uh, I was able to uh, to be a co-host on that program for the last for the previous, oh, I think it was about three years. I'm not not exactly sure, but yeah. Are you missing? Are you missing your time on Facebook?
Faith FM? I am. I am. Have yeah. you got plans I, to come back on up here in Queensland? I'd love to. I'd love to. I love Faith FM. Believe in Faith FM. Um, had the privilege of meeting people who have listened to Faith FM, yep. whose lives have been changed as a result of it. And, um, yeah, I'm passionate about it. And, yeah, I'm delighted that I've had the opportunity to be able to um, to, ta- to host yeah, or co-host a program on it. That would have been with Gary Hodgkin. That's right. Gary Hodgkin was the one that yeah, coordinated overall. There was, there was a few of us, uh, Pastor William Mawala and I, we, we hosted together most of the time, along with a few of the, my other colleagues down, down in, based in Adelaide. So, and yeah. if you want to listen to that show today, I think it follows immediately after this one at 5.30. Is exactly that correct? Exactly right. Yep. yep. Yeah. Now, yep. you're a secretary. You're not actually a secretary who types and that sort of thing. What does that <laughs> just briefly yeah. mean? And then I want to talk a bit about Queensland and what you do up here, Yeah. So, so sometimes we refer to as, as like the general secretary or if... if if those who are a bit more familiar with them or in a corporate sense, like an executive secretary. Yep. So work with the um, the president of our church in this district. Which and, is and a the, big boss, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And the chief financial officer. So we're the three officers uh, in the administration in, in leading the, the, the work of our church, our schools. We've also got aged care homes that, that we oversee. So. so in a sense, you're second in command. Is that... There. That, yeah. Just so yeah. we understand. That's it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. How yep. many pastors do you... Oh, now, this is out of the blue. I never warned you yeah. this, but how many... Do you know how many pastors you have in, in South Queensland? In South more Queensland, less? more or less, we have. Look, uh, it's hard to tell because not all are full time. So yep. we have about, uh, I think, about sixty odd full time ministers. Then we have some that are you know, part time, uh, some that are uh, yeah got other other employment. So yeah, about eighty odd a total team. We we have a congr- uh, about a hundred, just over hundred hundred and ten. Groups, yep. churches, congregations. Um, How many this. members, Adventist members here in Queen, uh, South Queensland? Just ticked over 13,000. Well, that's bigger than Sydney. So it's the largest uh, conference, largest uh, district in Australia. You've come home to South Queensland. You've done something I will never do. Oh. I don't think I'll ever do that because I'm getting old and <laughs> I'm kind of stuck in Sydney. <laughs> How does it feel coming home? Yeah, it, it feels a bit weird actually um, because yeah, you're right, it is a, it is a coming home. But I've never worked at home. Do you know what I, I mean? I did, see. So, I, I did my yeah. first six years here. Okay. And okay. then left and never returned. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But <laughs> um, yeah. Are you meeting... Now, we're, we're at camp. I'm going to ask you about that in a second. Are you meeting people as you walk around that you knew as a oh. young fella? Or? Oh, all the time, Lloyd. It's actually a bit embarrassing because there are people that know me from when I was a, a toddler, right? And they're coming yeah, up yeah. to me or coming up to my family and say, oh, we know you. Or we remember your husband. Or we remember your yeah. dad when he was, you know, a your little baby. mum and dad so, still around? Just my mum, yeah. Yeah, she's dad here. passed away a number of years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So she's uh, she's up here, and that's yeah part of the reason we're we're here. Yep. Oh, okay. Mm. Brothers and sisters around here? No, or? just just just, just her. Yep. yep. Okay. I want to ask you about where we are right now. If you're listening to this radio program, you can hear noise in the background. We're at a what what I would call a big camp, but convention center. Yep. Yeah. Tell yep. us just briefly. We have talked about it a little bit, but just briefly, what's happening here? Okay. So what's happening here is this is an annual what we call an annual convention, or colloquially Big Camp, um, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church in South Queensland. That's that's held once a year in the first week of the September, Queensland September school holidays. It's a a gathering where there are um, 
these massive marquees, and maybe yep. you've seen them around, some yeah, of them yeah, around yeah. Lloyd, um, yeah. uh, with, with for different age groups where they have meetings in there, worship programs, sermons, uh, for all the age groups, um, yeah, from the youngest uh, through through the various ages, kindy, primary, junior, uh, teens, youth, um, as well as the adults. Evening programs, and then there's there are seminars, workshops during the day. Uh, we are currently in a uh, in an auditorium that has various booths, one of which is Faith, Faith FM. FM. And uh, so we're we're actually yeah broadcasting here um, live from yeah. uh, from this uh, the auditorium um, in amongst all the other booths displays. These displays are various ministries of yeah. the Seventh Day Adventist Church to the community. To the community. That's How exactly many people right. camping here, more or less? I, I I know you don't. It's pretty hard. We, we have two. We have almost two and a half thousand people wow. total on site yeah. camping yep. uh, in tents, either tents, caravans, motorhomes, and there are some motel units, motel yep. units. And then on the weekends, uh, we would have up to maybe six thousand, anywhere up to eight thousand people that that come on site. I said eight thousand, so I wasn't far off. No, I? no, I think it'd probably be pretty close. Okay, logistically, is this different now? You're you're the secretary, which means kind of you do a lot of this. Is it logistically hard to run a program with two and a half thousand people camping full time and eight thousand on the weekend? Well, you look at it, look at it a bit like this. We're, essentially, we've established like a little city, Lloyd. Yeah, you have. So you think about all the logistics to have a, a, a little city on, on site. So there's all the the lead up, the organisation, the planning, the preparation, and then there's the yeah the, the, the logistics, um, the, the safety issues yeah. because they, you know there are uh, there there are tents, there are there are structures that have been uh, constructed, etc. Et how et how many weeks so. does it take? Because I would imagine, well, I don't imagine, I've done it. Because <laughs> I, I used to work here. Um, how many weeks um, does it take to set up and then how long to pull the thing down? Because I don't know how many tents you've got here, but it seems like there's hundreds. Yeah, the, 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 the ac- actual uh, tents that we provide, that we have just over 300. So yep. these are the ones that, yeah, we are... You put respons- up yourself. We're yeah. responsible to set up. Yep. Um, the actual set up, uh, so it begins roughly about two weeks out, and, and we, we do have a big team of uh, people that, that help out, so it starts a couple of weeks out with the large marquees that go up first, yeah. then we have the, um, the, what we call the family tents, they then go up, and then we have uh, beds and tables yeah. and chairs and backdrops and you name it. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic time, and look, I want to thank you for coming on to the program. We're about in Sydney to have our own big camp for the first time ever next wow. year. Okay. But I'll be in Western Australia oh. doing something else. I'm going to miss out on all the work. But, yeah. man, it's fantastic to have you on board. Um, and if anyone's listening in the area and they want to come along, Lloyd? So I was all yeah. right saying that. Yeah. They were yeah. saying, I'm not sure whether you should work. We actually gave the address. We did. I yeah. did. And said, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. there's fantastic yep. preaching here. There is. Wonderful music. If, if you love Jesus, you want to know something about Jesus. Absolutely. This is the place to be. You will get in. People are friendly. Absolutely. Both well, local and international speakers. That's right. Some of them which you may even feature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's actually a highlight yep. uh, of the year. And I must admit, since I left South Queensland, or oh, 30, uh, 28 years, I don't know how long time, I do miss camp. Yeah. Uh, uh, one thing you and me have in common, we both grew up in Queensland. Only I'm so far in front of you, I don't remember <laughs> you as a kid. But anyway, yeah. God bless you, man. Thank I you. hope you have thank a wonderful you. camp, and thank you for joining us on the program. Pleasure, pleasure. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
Okay, that was very interesting. So if very you want to come to this camp meeting yes. on the weekend, this Saturday, yes. which will be the last Saturday, I really highly recommend it. Do it, it. Is, I wish, Hunty, I didn't have to go back to Sydney and preach. Yeah, I know, right? Because just to sit here, yep. it's just a fabulous time. Let me give the address again. What do you yeah, reckon? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Can you Watson give Park Convention Centre, 337 Old Gympie Road, Kalanga, Queensland. Now, now, song time. Hunty, uh, this guy, Carmen, I didn't realise. He was around when you and I were young fellas in the 80s and the 90s. Correct. Pretty big singer. Yes. Did you know that he passed away in January? Oh, did he? Yeah, unex- had a hernia operation. Oh, COVID. He, this guy's one of the biggest gospel singers in America. And this song that he sings isn't Jesus, my Lord, wonderful. It's one of the beautiful ones. I really enjoy it.
that song, Humpty. That's a ripper. He just asked me, was it on the approved list? Was it on the approved list? Any song that you choose, boss, is approved. Okay. <laughs> is it on the approved list? <laughs> There's your answer. If I chose it, it's approved. <laughs> I'm older than you. You're going to like I, that song. They gave me, you know, it's just everything's going to be approved. Robbie, oh. they gave me, they gave I me, get in trouble. No, I got an executive producer approval exemption. I have no idea what you're talking about. I've so got it in writing. When you've got, some, when you've got a good thing going, let's not, let's, no. let's not unpack let's it. Let's not unpack it, no. I want you to go back, Wayne, <laughs> yeah. to that, because we're going to do a little Bible study now for a few minutes, and then we'll have another song that I'm sure will be on the approved, approved list. Well, the next song actually is Adventist. So if it's Adventist, it's on the approved list. He's still looking at me funny. I tell you. Um, Cut the air the tension in this studio with a knife this afternoon. No tension up this end, mate. I'm completely comfortable. I'm in trouble. My, for my, pul- my pulse rate's gone up. I'm so in, is mine. I'm in trouble for the council, with the council at home. This is nothing, mate. Oh, I've got a face. Uh, Wayne, can you read again 2 Timothy? Because this is actually written by a guy by the name of Paul. Now, we know a little bit about Paul. He's a prolific writer of the Bible. He actually claims, I don't know whether you guys know this, that he was taught by Jesus himself. Now, bear in mind, Paul lived after, well, he lived at the time of Jesus, but his ministry was after Jesus had been resurrected and gone back to heaven. Then he has a conversion experience on the road to Damascus. Good story. Then he claims, after being in Damascus, that he went to the desert of Arabia and was taught by Jesus, it seems, one-on-one. Now, remember, Jesus has gone back to heaven. So he's, he's having a real experience with Christ for three years. So when Paul talks, we need to take notice. And this is what he says specifically about the times we live in. And then we're going to open it up. So I'm going to get Wayne to read it. Second Timothy 3, verses 1 to 6, is it? Yeah, 1 to 5. 1 to 5. Thank you. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power. Does that sound like 21st century Australia or do you think it's a bit harsh? What do you reckon, Robbie? I think it's Western culture in general. I mean, if not all culture, but yeah, look. I mean, look, look, look at the list. I mean, this has been in popular in the in the media last couple of years, right? This passages of scripture, but the, yeah, the media actually, contemporary media does not like this passage no, of scripture. But it's really only one part of it. But we won't go there today. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like things we're talking about here, lovers of money. I mean, our whole economy is based on the fact that we're on a quest for money, right? Um, boasters. The whole social media backbone mm. is based on boasting, being proud. Blasphemers. I don't think people even recognize blasphemy anymore. What is blasphemy? Oh, you asking me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Wayne, I don't care, but what do you guys see as blasphemy? So there's a couple of definitions in Scripture. Um, one definition of, scrap, of, of Scripture for blasphemy yep. is claiming to be a follower of Jesus when you're not. Yep. You misrepresent him. So it's misrepresenting God's character. It's misrepresenting that in, in terms of the names that you use, the words that you use. So it's more than just using the name of, say, uh, like the using OMG Jesus as a swear word. Yeah. Or, or using that's the that's word. a part of it, but that's it's more than that too. Yeah. Like in the book of Revelation, there's a very, very strong condemnation for anyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus, but they're lying by representing, misrepresenting him. It calls them a part of the synagogue of Satan, which is like the, the, the collective worship of Satan. I mean, so you mean someone who claims to follow Jesus and doesn't? Misrepresents Jesus, yes. Misrepresents. Yes. What, what's that mean? Yeah. 
We could spend a whole hour on that, couldn't we? Yeah, well, we could. Give me, like, give me, brief. Okay, give, give me an example. One of the commandments says, "Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain." Yep. And so, generally, in in all sort of recent human history, we've sort of looked at that in Christian light lenses as going, "Yeah, don't say." Like OMG yeah. or you know, say JC or whatever, that yeah, sort of yeah. thing, right? That's not wrong, but that's not the intent. That's it's not the, the it's not the depth of that's the that's not the spirit of the law, yeah. exactly. And so in that context that Jesus is or God is saying through the law, he's saying, Listen, my name is taking on my family. It's it's entering into my family, it's taking on my characteristics, my attributes. Yeah. You know, some cultures get this, yeah. especially our Asian cultures. Yeah. They take the name more important than life itself. Yeah. And so as a follower of Jesus, if we don't take that name yeah. in that same sense, then we end up taking his name in vain, which is the same as blasphemy. Very challenging. Well you've got all these things in Second Timothy three. My question to you, Wayne, is this because if you read through it, in a sense, I kind of want to have a look at it again. Just, I'm going to get Robbie to call out a couple of the things. And I'm going to ask you, Wayne, how do you connect with God if you've got to live in a culture like this? Because I, as, as, as Robbie just calls out, the, I just want you to go through, Robbie, and, and pinpoint just very quickly the, the different uh, things that it's saying our world will be at the end. Sure. And I want people who are listening to say, well, is that a part of my life? Is that me? And then I want to go to you, Wayne, and I want you to ask you, how do I live in a culture like that for Christ? How do I connect to Jesus? So, so the, the, just the next one, right? The next one yeah. is disobedient to parents. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't really... I mean, Western society, secular society, wouldn't know, go and throw disobedient to parents in the list of, oh, that's a sign of the end. Yeah. But the Bible does. Paul does. So just being a parent, like, why is that a thing? Why is that an indication that we're living in perilous times in the last days? Disrespectful to parents. So so, so, so we've got disobedient to parents, lovers of pleasure. What? Unthankful. Unf- yeah. Man, I don't know whether this is a bit <laughs> shallow, but every time I've noticed of late that I let someone across the road where there's no pedestrian crossing or I let somebody in, no one is interested in thanking. Is, is that a bit shallow? But <laughs> You don't get the little wave? No, no. Uh, oh, the only one I know who waves to everyone. Everybody is hunty, but of course. But but even that's a shallow example of how, what an unthankful culture we live in. Right. My wife comes from Indonesia, and she reckons that it's incredible how unthankful Aussies are for the good things that they get from the government. And I don't think the, it used to be that bad. Like yeah. just growing as a kid, like we everyone would say thank you. Yeah. Now it's like even within the church, if I dare say that, yeah. within the church you can go a whole day doing things and no one says thank you. Yeah, that's for sure. So I don't know what you wanted to add to that, Wayne, but uh, unthankful well, disobedient well, parents. Th- there's a whole lot of things there that, 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 that this scripture defines our society will be. My question now to Wayne is, how do you live for God or connect with yeah. him in a world like this? Which see, I don't know whether, what you guys think, but I, I reckon the world's just completely almost what you'd call anti-Christ. Yeah. Is that too strong to say that? Just look at the definition of your terms. Against... Is it against Christ? I think it is. Secular society is moving that way. Yeah. Well, bouncing off our passage in um, 2 Timothy 3, it says, um, you know, we were focused on lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So I think there's a very clear distinction that society today, and and I guess it's easy to point the finger out there, we need to point it back at ourselves as well, that we Mm. can become lovers of ourselves, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. So we've lost sight of who God is. Have you guys as pastors ever thought, now, 
we're about to have a talking about this Wayne lovers of pre- pleasure we're about to have an NRL grand final I guess I'll have that AFL thing too which you know I, I, I'm a bit of a sport follower but I don't even know how many players are in an AFL team <laughs> no one does. But what, what's AFL again? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are running the fine line with our Victorian <laughs> listeners, boy, oh, boy. I'm, I'll, I'm a Victorian. I'll stand up for you, Vic, Victorians. I, I love Victorians. <laughs> I we, just don't don't know like, we just don't like your football game. <laughs> but, then, but having said that, I haven't watched NRL since like uh, 2001, 2002. NRL final. It'll be the Broncos versus someone, much to Hunty's. Uh, uh. <laughs> But, but have you ever thought of the idea that there'll be 80,000 in that stadium for a football game, a, a, a pigskin with some air in it, seeing who can get it over the line? 80,000, mm. millions in Australia, let alone around the world, watching it. And I often used to think about myself, because I love to share Jesus with others. If I hired that football stadium out, got hunting to put ads all over the city, spent a fortune mm-hmm. on ads, how many would turn up to hear the story about Jesus? And yet I'm talking about how you can live for eternity. And we've forgotten in six weeks' time who won the NRL final. Yeah. Lovers yeah. of pleasure rather than lovers of God. So my question again, Wayne, uh, and for you, Robbie, is... In a culture like that where we're immersed, and you can get lost in it, can't you? Isn't it easy to get lost in this culture? Yeah. How do you connect with Jesus? I think there's, well, there's probably a number of ways. Let me bounce from this one then, that over the years we've put self first. Yeah. And that's why we become lovers of self. And so our culture forces that on us and our education, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think think it does. But also we become... Uh, I guess we're drawn to it, we accept it, we don't push back on it. Well, it's our default position. Yeah. I matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Paul comes in the the book of Galatians and and gives this point. He says, um, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So what's that, the steps in that point? Now, it's got to be, where do we get an understanding of Christ? It's through Scripture. So it's, it's daily reading scripture. Okay, first point. So you first say point. in an antichrist culture, if you wanted to know Jesus and connect with him, you need to read the Bible. Yeah. It's, it's setting up a, um, a time where you can reflect, to read, reflect, um, pray would be point number two, and, and be drawn into the presence of God so that the, the things of heaven, the things of scripture become part of who I am, Okay, not... Uh, the, the, the things of self rising up and, and pushing and defining what I do. Okay, I've never read the Bible, yep. ever. Robbie? Yeah. Never read the Bible. I'm an Aussie. All right. I'm out on the street, say I'm a car- I used to be a builder, the same a builder. I'm not brought up in a church. I've never read the Bible. I don't know much about Jesus. I've heard about him, you know, somewhere. Where would I go if I did what Wayne says to read the Bible? Do I just open it to the first page and start reading from there? If you wanted to, because I'm talking today to our listeners, we're talking about how you guys can connect with Jesus. And I'm talking to two guys who are connected to Jesus. I know that because I know them personally. So I'm going to go to the Bible. I know nothing about it. What do I do? Let me just frame it this way. So there's a passage in the Bible where Jesus is confronted by his religious leaders and almost arch nemesis for the the time he lived in, right? And these guys come to him and they're showing their religious piety and, you know, how amazing they are. They they do all these rituals and they're so, they're right with God in their mind. Yep. Jesus shows up. This story's in John chapter 5 if you want to follow it in your Bible. It's a good story. But he shows up and he basically does something that just tears down their whole world. And this is what he does. He goes and says, listen, 
There are four witnesses that communicate from God to humans. There are four witnesses. And he says, number one, the first witness like this. is John. The, the, if you don't know the story, there's a guy called John who's a prophet. He's out in the wilderness and he's, he's preparing the way for the Messiah to show up on the world stage, right? Now, if you had lived at that time, John would have been, the, according to Jesus, he was the very voice of God speaking to that generation to prepare them to receive Jesus. Well, he was a prophet. He was more than a prophet, according to Jesus. Right? Yeah, well, to Jesus, he was the greatest. Greatest of all the prophets. Yep. So Jesus goes, ha, huh, there's a bombshell. Drop that. John was a witness of God for me, yep. right? Bombshell, bombshell number two is, oh, and by the way, when I was baptized, you all heard the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved son. So Jesus gets baptized in the Jordan. In the Jordan. Yeah, if you don't know what baptized is, it's a... It's immersed under the water for a, a symbolic cleansing. Of, it's a symbolic of, hey, I'm giving my old life away. and I'm, Right. Uh, so you die under the water and you come up yep. and I'm a new man in Jesus. So Jesus says that when, when the Father spoke at that point, that was also equivalent to John the Baptist speaking in terms of its impact. It was a So witness. what happens is Jesus gets baptized, Yes, comes up out of the water, what happens? Then the account says that there's like this bright light that falls on him sort of in the shape of a dove. Yep. That's where we get this whole dove piece yep. thing coming yep. from. And there's a voice heard, and the voice is that of God. That's what yeah, the narrative good. says, right? Good. And the voice says, this is my son. This is yes. the Messiah, right? Yep. So now Jesus says, the first witness about me, if you want to know who I am, here's the first witness, it's John's words. Yep. Second witness, equal to it, is the Father's words. Yep. Then he says, here's the third witness, my miracles, yep. the miracles I perform, the healing, all that. That's the third witness. When you see those, you'll know that I am who I say I am. So when Jesus was on the earth, he went around Doing healing good. people of all, what sort of things did Jesus heal? Just so, just so our listeners get a, get a, you know, unpack, and they get an idea of what Jesus was doing. Because we could have some people listening who don't know Never much heard about before, Jesus. absolutely. Yeah. And like, I was one of those, right? Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, I, I, there's lots of healing. There's healing of sickness and leprosy and, and lame, being lame, and stuff. But the one that I love the most is demon possession. Yeah, wow. He healed the people from an affliction that was oppressive. Okay. It was culturally oppressive, right? Yep. So he does all those sorts of things. This is the third one. Yep. And then he comes along. This is, this is the crunch of the story. That yep. was just the lead up. Here's yep. the crunch. The crunch of the story is this. Jesus looking at all these religious leaders who know everything. They've read everything, memorized everything. They can say the prayers, all this stuff. He says to them, you search the scripture. The scripture being the Bible. Key point. And mm. as you search the scripture, you think you are finding eternal life. 517. That's exactly it. John chapter 5 verse 17. He says, but guess what? They don't talk about eternal life. They talk about me. So here's the key, right? Jesus says there are four witnesses, and they're all equal to each other. And they're yep. all pointing and introducing you to the person. I like of Jesus. this because I've never looked. Have you looked at it like this before? No, I haven't. No, I like this. But there's a key verse that comes after this as well. Yeah. So hold that because so we're coming yeah, to you. you. Come to that and say. So here's the key, right? I live in 2023. Yep. I can't go to John the Baptist in the River Jordan Loving and this. get the witness from... That's why I like having this guy on this show, Hunty. Yep. Best. Okay. I, then, know, I know where you're going and I'm loving it. I don't know if you've ever heard it, Lloyd, but I haven't heard the voice of God speaking to no. me about Jesus no. from, the, from the heavens. No. So I haven't had that one. And I don't live to see Jesus work the miracles of 5,000 people being fed with loaves and fishes yeah. and walking on water and healing. I don't have any of those things. But guess what I have access to? The Word. The, the Bible. Word. That's number four. And Jesus puts all four on the same platform. Yeah. So what that means for us today is that, if, as, as you said, Wayne, if you pick up this book, it's described as a witness. 
It's not described as a book. Jesus calls it a witness. On the same level of the Father's voice, Jesus' miracles, and John the Baptist preaching. Mm -hmm. So if you pick up this book, what he's implying is, mm -hmm. is that if you search those scriptures, it's going to lead you to himself. Love it. You want to add like the way? Yeah, verse 40 says, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Ah. And so people resisted, you know, these witnesses, they've resisted not wanting to have life. And, and this is what they're losing out on, life, eternal life. I, I want to pick up, we're going to have a song, let's have a break. I want to start there again with you, Wayne, about the resistance. Because I think one of the big problems we've got in the 21st century is the resistance to the witness of God in Scripture, mm. which, which, which we all seem to have inside of us, don't we? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about more of that. We'll have, let's have a song. We'll talk more about that in a minute. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, Hunter, you've been very quiet today. I have. And because you've been very quiet, I can see you up there with a bit of a smug look on your face. <laughs> Usually I've got the pressure on him. You know, you guys know. And he's just been very quiet. Just and coasting along, just doing the having thing. a lovely afternoon. Yeah. So I'm going to let you introduce this All song. Right. This next song, one of my favourites, it's called It's Not an Easy Road, and it's by uh, Steve Bolt. Well, it's not an easy road We are travelling
beautiful song. Coming up now, we'll, uh, we'll jump through the program to my favourite segment, Ask the Aussie Pasta. Hang on, no, not until, we, I haven't turned you on yet. Are we you, causing you no. tension and strife? Just so <laughs> oh, our listeners good. know, we are jumping all over the place It's today. a great day. Burning time up. Where are we again, Hunter? We are at Kalanga at the South Queensland camp. And there's 2,500-odd people here meeting and singing and praying. And if you'd like to come and join us, let me give you the address. Yeah. Watson Park Convention Centre, 337 Gympie Road, Kalanga. Tell them the hunting Aussie past yep. sent you. Love to see you. <laughs> now, if it's not too late to send in your questions. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to send us a question, you can text it to us on 0488 880851 or you can email us and the email address is theaussiepastor at gmail.com. Alrighty, let's see what the first question is. Let's have a look. Oh, lots of questions come in today. That's good. Hmm. Alrighty, here we go. Oh, this is a good one. Should Christians take a position on the voice vote? Uh, just just so our listeners, if, if there's anyone out there who doesn't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the referendum, aren't we? Correct. The so yes, the no referendum vote. is a, is a uh, call on whether we want an advisory body of Indigenous people to uh, speak to the current government about Indigenous affairs. Um, and what is the question, just so we get this The clear? question, should Christians have a position on this? What do you reckon, Robbie? And then I'm going to go to you, Wayne. I'm not asking to say should we vote yes or no, just should we have a position? Well, I think regardless whether you're a Christian or not, you have a position. Is that okay? To have a position? Yeah, on this? Of course. We have freedom freedom of conscience, don't we, and freedom of speech. Um, I think every, every Christian will have a position. I don't think every Christian is going to agree on what With that position, each other. We, yeah, what that position should be. So some would agree that yes, and some would agree no. And I think that's a healthy democracy, right? Okay. Like we have to be able to share our. And this is this is the problem I have, not just with the voice, but with any topic that we discuss yeah. in politics these days, is that we've become so bipartisan that we can't even have a conversation because mm. the democracy is supposed to be based on the idea of the the arguing of ideas, yeah. so that the best idea wins. Yeah. But we live in a culture now where if if I express my idea, mm. I can't even express it without being shot down and labelled as whatever I, you want to label me as. And so that it, it, it it's destroying our democracy not to be able to have conversation. So I think absolutely Christians will have a, have a, a position on it. Um, I know Christians who are taking one side and I know Christians taking the other side. And they've got very compelling reasons both ways. Mm. But when it gets into a position where we're trying to... Um, shut down one side of the conversation. I think that's where it gets dangerous. I'm not really sure what the the uh, sentiment of the question is that the listener's asking, but it bothers me a little bit when people who follow Christ try to claim one side or the other and say the other side's not following Christ. I see. So when in I, this particular let me just clarify as you go on, right? Okay. When when I ask the answer the question that yep. should a Christian take it. I was saying that as an individual Christian. Yeah. So I don't think as a Christian that all this automatically we're all on the same side. No, and yeah. nor, nor do we have to be yeah. in this particular... I, I think in, in life there are some things that are wrong and right, but on this one I think people need to be able to have the freedom to vote accordingly. What did you mm. think about that? I think there are two principles on this, and they come out of Matthew chapter 22. Yep. Love for God yep. and then love for people. Yep. And I think if we look at those two principles, it will guide us as individuals to make a decision and, and take our position. And on, you on could have that working in your life, what you've just said, 
One is love for God and love for fellow man. Yeah. And you could vote yes or you could vote no and you could have that working in your life. And is you that correct? A, you could have a compelling argument either way. I yeah, think. and you could have that working yeah. in your life. Is that so, a fair comment? So let me read this, the full scripture. Matthew yep. 22, verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So Jesus speaking here. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. All of the two commandments hang on the law and the prophets. Yeah. So, so we agree. You, you, you could love the Lord your God, you could love your fellow man, and you could vote yes or you could vote no, and that relationship with God is still consistent. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you right. hear what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I understand. Well, well, all I'm saying is yeah. you can be a born-again Christian, you could vote yes or no, and that, born, that, that relationship with God is intact because we all come at these sort of questions in life. And I think I'm listening to you. I think it's unfortunate when there's not room for us to have a democratic conversation. Like, put it this way. If I, if I was to come on here, and I'm not saying this, I'm just saying yeah, as yeah. an example, right? if I came on here and I said, everyone needs to vote yes, yeah. then and anyone who doesn't agree with me is automatically uh, X, Y, Z. I have a problem with if that. If I did that... Yeah. I would I would make, you know, whatever percentage of the country is going to vote yes, super excited with me, right? Yeah. But then I've I've marginalized everyone else that would want to say but but I've got questions. I want to I want to throw this subjection. I want to challenge your idea as to why yeah, yes, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if I came on here and I said I'm I'm going no 100% and anyone that disagrees with me is a, you know, a communist, it's the, yeah, whatever, yeah. right? then I've done the same thing but in reverse. And I yeah. think sometimes we, because of polarisation, the way Western media has gone with social media things like that, is that we've so quickly just to label people and then we mm. shut down conversation and then we don't end up with good ideas. Yeah. yeah. And look, I don't know whether that's a, a product of post-COVID, but it just seems that today we, we are so intolerant of such views. Of other views. It, does, it doesn't views. matter what the view is. I, mean, I could yeah. come out and say, that, you know, I was going to say the Earth's flat. <laughs> That'd be a bad one. I, <laughs> I would come out and say something and it doesn't matter what I say, there's going to be something that goes, no, you're a racist, or yeah. you're a, you're a this, yeah. or you're a that, it, or you're a communist. Like, put the thought. It doesn't matter anymore. The, the conversation in democracy is pretty much dead. So, linking back to our other part of our Bible study, we have become unloving as well in our discussion of, of yeah. everything. So, it, it links it all together of the times in which we're living. Mm-hmm. You know what bothers me um, the most in all of this is when I look at what's happening in politics in the United States of America, where they're literally on the point of a civil war because they have different political ideas. And some of them, in my view, are relevant and, and quite okay on both sides of the divide. Sure. And it is unfortunate in Western democracy where those who see things differently to me are often being depicted now as the enemy. Yeah. And I don't think it's a positive thing for the country. Yeah, and I, I go back to the point, right? Like the in Greece sort of, you know, back centuries ago with the birth of democracy and these sorts of things, they, they were onto something where they could s- stand up in the public square and present their argument, and then people could go, hmm, let me have a think about that. Yeah, but what about this? And Because and, we don't know everything. We don't uh-huh. see it. We see our little biased little view of things. And having a good, healthy debate and people challenging that has always produced excellent outcomes for Western democracy. I, th- I think you said COVID, post-COVID. I think we can go back to sort of like 2015. It's almost you can almost point to the um, American election cycle of mm, 2015. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that That's whole right. thing that happened with Clinton and uh, Trump and all that stuff. Like it, it hasn't recovered since mm. that point. Now Australia is way behind. I would say it even yeah. started before that with what happened to Obama when he was president. It started to hot up then. 
where there was a lot of division. It's, it's, it's not of, something that can turn on overnight for no, sure, right? It's, 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 it's been, a, it's been a journey the US is on. And what bothers me is when you hear the media talking about civil war in that country. Yeah. Mainstream media talking about civil war in America. Why? Because people have different ideas. This is crazy. Mm. Democracy actually is a beautiful thing. I think democracy actually comes out of Christianity in the way God wants us to work. He wants us to have a mind to think for ourselves, to make our own decisions. And I think sometimes there's room in God's God's paradigm for Christians to come up with different conclusions on different events. I forget who said this, but someone said, "God's don't make God so small to fit into a God-shaped box. Yeah. Like, or we, to fit into your box. Yeah, we make a box <laughs> and then we put God into the box. Yeah, so, well, yeah, God's yeah, yeah. this, and everyone's got to who follows God's in that box. You know, like I think of, um, I think it's Acts. Is it 15 somewhere around there that, that the disciples get together and they like, hey, we've got to sort something out. We've got to have this yeah. conversation about what happens when Gentiles join the church yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 a form of democracy within the scope and confines of theology, right? Yeah. They didn't just go, oh well, who? What's the most popular teaching? We'll adopt that as our theology. Yeah, yeah. It was in the confines of theology, but. They had good, healthy discussions. So yeah. Christians should absolutely have a perspective. But at the same time, I don't think just because you're a Christian, you have to sign up to one political nah. agenda over the other, which happens was, in some countries. What was interesting in regards to that story about the disciples coming up with that, the outcomes of the, the Jerusalem Council, was what happened previous to that. Because, you know, you go back to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit had done something amazing in the church. Yeah. The Holy Spirit had brought a, a degree, a, a unity, it had unified the church. So the issues that they faced moving forward, they faced together. Now, there was still conflict. Yeah. Um, in interesting, interesting. More conflict than you might think, wasn't there yeah, at times yeah. in the church? Even sometimes conflict amongst the leaders. I'm thinking Peter yeah. and Paul. Yeah, yeah, Paul Barnabas. But but I, I I go back to what you started this conversation out with Wayne. Love, make decisions. Whether you vote yes or no. And don't you be afraid your, to make those decisions. Yeah, but you make your decision on your experience in loving God and your experience with loving your fellow man. You yeah. make your decision and stand by it and you don't have to hold your head. And sometimes I think maybe looking at these debates or the, the, um, the referendums, we look at the issue. We don't draw back to actually look at the principles that we're, actually, that, yeah. that we, we're voting on, yeah. um, the scriptural principles that are driving forward our positioning on it. We we take a personal position of through our experience. Oh, this is what I'm voting. Yeah. No, let's draw back from that and let's take a biblical approach to our our mm. our vote and our approach to it. I think. I, yeah, go. I was just saying, in, in, honing in on the actual question of the yep. referendum. Yep, yep. I think one of the biggest challenges with any referendum, just the process we have in Australia, is that they we're, we're presented with a statement at best, yeah. you know, like a sentence. Yep. And based on that and whatever the, the rhetoric has been in the different campaigns yeah. and the different camps, based on that, we're supposed to go, okay, so for democracy, this is what I'm going to vote, yeah. right? Like I, I was involved in the last, I'm sure you were too, the last referendum back in the, what was it, 90-something about the Republic? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the proposal was, do you want to be a, uh, a, a monarchy or a republic? Yeah. That's the question. But what's the detail? You know, yeah, what, yeah. Where's, where's the good argument for one side or the other? Like in principle, yeah, let's go monarchy, uh, go, go, go republic. We're done with yeah, monarchy, yeah. right? But where's the detail? The detail was kind of a little bit yeah. fuzzy. And so I, it got defeated because there was no detail to support. And what? again, because there's the argument and the discussion in the public discourse is being shut down. Welcome to Australian politics, my friend. Can I conclude this by saying... Yes, please, conclude this. Treat <laughs> each other out there in Radio Land Australia with gentleness and respect and courtesy and give your neighbours and your friends, and this is where it can sometimes get hard, your family, give them room to make their own decisions too. Like you said, love God and love your 
enemies. Yeah. And sometimes your enemies might be in your own family if they're voting the wrong <laughs> way. Thanks, Auntie. You're listening to the Aussie Pasta here on Faith FM. What, what song? I reckon we play a song now. Which one? Well, I reckon we either go with Joy Comes in the Morning or Without Him. What, do you, no, what would you no, like? I want to finish with Without Him. Okay, so well, Joy, how about Joy, Joy comes, comes in the Morning? morning. Here yep. it is. Joy Gardner. If you knelt beside the rubble
that was Joy Comes in the Morning from Joy Gardner and Gaither, who we really like on this show, don't we? We do. We do. Like, I'd like to go to the US one day and go on. Do you know that Gaither cruise they have up to Alaska? <laughs> this. It's legendary, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I guess because this is the sort of music I was brought up with. You know I turned 60 the other day? You did. I did. And you know what? Something so, else. They ran. Well, you were in it. They ran a surprise party for me. I can't believe we got 130 people into a room and not one person spilled the beans. No. Exactly. Really? I tell you, it got close because Lloyd really? rang me and I thought it was the day, a couple of days earlier. I was about to say, oh. hey, how'd the party go? Oh. And he, he steered the conversation off in a different direction. Thank goodness. It, I it's because what. I actually had said, and Hunty knows it too, you know when you're a pastor and you have these birthdays, you kind of... You uh, dread them a little bit? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't care about the age thing because I'm kind of happy. No, with it's my, the social thing around it. Yeah, you I don't want to be the spotlight yeah. because we actually live in the spotlight. Yeah. And so when you're having your 60th, this is my idea of a 60th birthday: intimate little get together with a few of my closest friends, Hunty and his wife, and a few others, and my family. And and I and my wife tricked me. She tricked me so good, and I turned <laughs> up, and there was 130 people there. But you know, it was a fantastic <laughs> birthday. And you know why I've loved it? Because I clinged up better with presents in this birthday than I ever have in my whole life. <laughs> what did I get, Hunty? I got, a, you got an Apple Watch. I got an Apple with Can GPS. You an Apple Watch. And, and a phone on it. GSM. And I got a brand new Bose headphones. Brand new noise so cancelling. These Bose headphones are done. The only reason I never brought them up, the new ones, because this is a way and I didn't want to, If I lose these, I don't care. I don't want to lose these new ones. And I got perfume. I got a lot of perfume. I don't know. How about the Ray Bans? <laughs> I got a beautiful pair of Ray Ban glasses. You made it like a bandit. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, so when we do a, a program like this in the future, Rob, we'll, we'll be able to smell Lloyd coming. Yeah, yeah. that's you know, exactly the aftershave it. The coming through. That's I'm wondering it. what the message was about that perfume. Yeah, really. I was wondering too, but I didn't take it so too far. The, the, watch, the watch means you're never on time. The perfume means you don't smell. Auntie loves that. <laughs> um, I, got, I got new shirts and ties too. I don't know whether they were giving me a message there, Hunty. Yeah, I think there's a message Because I haven't been a great tie wearer. You know, I'm from here, Queensland. Well, bit you're from Queensland? Yeah, I am. We're not tie wearers. The tie's a silly tradition. But you're from Victoria, you, I, Wayne. You guys yep. are tie wearers. Yeah, we're tie wearers down there. Yeah, but anyway, I, I had the 60th birthday party. I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Broke my diet. Big time broke my diet. Well, that'll be a few more steps for you now with yeah. the Apple Watch. You've got to keep track of it. you go after this and uh, crack up your 10,000 for the day. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Hey, um, I want to go back to our Bible study just for a few more minutes while we've got the time. Wayne, um, you finished with, we, we were talking about the four ways God reveals himself to us. Is that right? Right. Tell, tell us quickly what they are. And then I want you to go to you, Wayne, and you give us that Bible text you yep. ended the last session with. Yeah, so what I was saying before is Jesus comes out in his time to the religious elite and he says, listen to me, there's four witnesses that have been given to you that all witness to who I am, my identity, um, my role, my purpose. Because they're always attacking his identity, exactly, who he was. Exactly. And so Jesus comes out and he says, listen, here's witness number one. But here's an interesting point, right? The word witness that we read in English comes from a Greek word which literally should translate as the word martyr. Yeah. 
and you know we get the idea of someone burning at the stake but in their time it was the person on the witness stand mm. and so Jesus says here's the first witness it's John the Baptist mm. what he preached about me you should have listened because it, it identified who I was you want to read the story of John the Baptist go to the first book in the New Testament Matthew chapter 1, 2, 3 yeah Beautiful. absolutely yep go and then he says listen if you didn't get that you should have got the father's voice mm. he spoke at my baptism yep. of who I, want, who I am and who I was and what I was going to do he's my son mm. beloved son listen to him and then the the third one there was Jesus said my miracles mm. the healing the casting out of demons setting the captive free these are all fulfillments of the prophecies of the book of Isaiah yeah. he says they testify who I am he says but the fourth one is the scripture and when he says scripture it means the collection of the manuscripts that we would call the Bible today mm. Old Testament, the, the reason Testament. he says that too is because in the scripture from Genesis let's just go to Malachi Old Testament scripture of his day which is what he would have been referring to in his day yep how many prophecies were in that Old Testament of telling us that Jesus was going to come it's hundreds isn't it so in the entire Bible yeah. there's 1817 prophecies but when Jesus was around so the Old Testament, I, I, give me a sec, I'll find, okay. I, I actually shared this this morning. Yeah, because it's, it's actually, when Jesus said, oh, you've got the Bible, you've got the, the mm. Word, you've got the, the Old Testament, he wasn't just talking empty words. Mm. If he'd gone in there, those people would have known he was Jesus. 1,239 in the Old Testament. Prophecies of prophecies. Jesus. No, 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 that's all prophecies. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to know how many of those prophecies directly related to Jesus in his life, because there's a whole heap of them. There's Isaiah 53, there's some... Okay, anyway, I'm getting old. Okay, so there's those four. And so you've got those four witnesses of who Jesus was. Then what did you read to us, mate? So verse 40, it says, But you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. So we've got these four witnesses, and Jesus says, Hey, you're not going to willing to accept any of them. So, you know, extraordinary people, whatever reason, in their own thinking. Back then. Back so then. they have four witnesses. They wouldn't accept any of them. But here's the thing, right? Jesus says, listen, you search the scriptures. Speaking to religious yeah, yeah, leaders, yeah, 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 yeah. he says, you search the scriptures thinking that in them you'll find eternal life. Yeah. And then he says, no, 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 no. These scriptures, they testify of me. Mm. So the idea is in Jesus' mind is if you pick up the scripture and you start searching them, you are going to run into Jesus. Mm. You're going to run into the person of God in the incarnate. Mm. You're going to discover what God is like to the poor, to the rich, to the famous, to the, the lowly, the outcast, the sick, the healthy. You're going to discover the character of God. Mm. And that's what he's talking about because that leads you to the person, not the thing. Yeah, yeah. And, many, and look, even today as Christians, I've, I've traveled the world and met many, many people who study the Bible and they still treat the Bible like it's a quest to find gold. And it's not gold you're looking for. It's the person. It's a map to a person. It's amazing how many people can read the Bible, though, and miss that person. Mm. You've got some of the greatest theologians, and I say that in inverted commas, in the world. So these are men and women reading the Bible, and they miss Jesus. I don't really get that. Yeah. I, I want to move on. I want to, I want to go back to what you were saying, the resistance that they had. They had resistance to these four witnesses. Is it, We've only got one of those witnesses now, and that's the Bible. Correct. Is there, I'm going to start with you, Wayne, and then I'm going to go to you, mate. Uh, is there resistance to the Bible in us and in our culture today? I'm talking individually. Do you find that when you're working with people? Is there a resistance to the Bible? Yeah. To, to yeah. reading it? To no, absolutely. I think I was listening to um, a TV show the other day, or going back a little while ago, when there was a, the um, morning show was having a host, a yeah. morning host were having a debate with their guest. And the, the host said, 
the Bible is an old, antiquated book, not relevant to our our time. Mm. And I think the, you know, that was his perspective. Yeah. But the Bible's more relevant now than what it's ever been. You look at the issues we're facing in society. Um, you know, I think it is copping it out there, though. I, I absolutely. But I look at you know things like um, you know Philippians four: be anxious about nothing. Scripture's telling us to be anxious about nothing. But as a society, we're anxious about everything. And so if we just pause to, to reflect through the scriptures which testify about Jesus, and I guess a, a, a couple of chapters later, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. We've got to get back into scripture to understand who this Jesus is and his relevance and the peace that he brings to our own life. The derision, though, from the media um, and from our culture toward the Bible is uncomfortable if you're a Christian, isn't it? I'm not talking about. I, I see it. I, I saw it. I don't want to bring this up today too much, but I saw it in the LGBT debate when we we're talking about um, gay marriage or not in Australia. The derision, the disrespect, even the dishonour directed at the Bible. Um, just uh, that the, goes back to the whole polarisation of society too, right? Like, again, another hot button topic. No mm. one wants to hear anybody else's perspectives on it. Especially if that perspective doesn't go along with what my perspective is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so anything, and, and the fact that the Bible sort of sits on one side of the equation versus the other puts the Bible in that same, like, lens. Yeah, but, but, but to be fair, we used to live in a culture where even if that had happened, say, 60 or 70 years ago, the Bible would have held weight. It would have held weight in secular culture. And, 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 and one of the things that bothers me is in our secular culture, there's no acknowledgement for the place of the Bible for what we are today. And I'm not talking about the unrighteous. And I'm talking about what we are as a society is based on that book, the Bible. Our entire country is real. Well, if you go back to the Reformation period around the, the 1500s, 1600s, they were arguing about the, the teachings of Scripture. So by the Bible, they weren't arguing about the relevance of the Bible, they were arguing about the teachings of the Bible. Whereas, fast forward 400 years, yeah. we're arguing about the relevance and the truth of the Bible, and it's, it's, it's no longer assumed that like it was back in the, um, the, you know, the, the middle of um, the 15th, 16th centuries. Well, even back in, when I was born, man. I was born in 1963. Surely, back then, the Bible surely did have real clout in our culture. It really did. I think only because at that point you had a, more of a majority of society saw the Bible as having this particular position in society. That has definitely swung. That, that, mm. that, that demographic has swung over the last, say, 60 years. Yeah, yeah, it has. And so now we live in a, a place where, like, you look at all this, the data and statistics even here in Australia, is that Christianity is a minority now. Yeah. Even though we had Christian origins and yeah, yeah. Christian foundation yeah, is, in Western... We have to accept that. Christianity too. is a minority. And by becoming a minority, it means that the Bible as a document automatically becomes a, a, um, a less prominent document for all of society mm -hmm. in terms of its authority it holds. So, like, you know, we're talking about why is there this um, almost despising the Bible, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. I think when you look at... There's, there's so many factors that I think feed into this, but one of the factors is, is that in the last, you know, they, they call it the postmodern era. I think we're post postmodern now, <laughs> if you want to be yeah, yeah, labeling. Yeah. But as we've shifted from modern to postmodern, sort of coinciding around the 50s, or 60s, or 70s, that sort of period, we went from really, really focusing on we want the information, we want the facts. Mm. When that pendulum swung, mm. now it's not about we don't care about the facts so much. We want we want the the experience. Yeah. We want the the um, 
the relationships, yeah. not the facts necessarily. And the fact that like, and that's even gotten worse in like the last 30 years yeah. because of with the advent of social media and things like that, mm-hmm. right? So what happens now is, is that like the statistic says this, in Australia, they say that um, the average household has 1.5 Bibles, yeah. right? They, we that's have quite them, amazing. We really, have them it? in the book. We have them in the bookshelves. Yeah, yeah. In the US, there's something like six. Yeah statistically right yeah. but do you know what the statistic is for reading it not much like like I can't remember the exact number but it's about 40 something percent yeah 40 percent of people who own a bible read it that's not bad actually I would have th- that's not bad I would have thought it was worse but that's good but when you look at this what that implies is that we are biblically illiterate yeah as a society yeah just in the west right and so it makes sense if if society has shrunk in terms of those who uphold yeah. the authority of the scripture and then the even amongst those that shrunk to who those who actually pick up the book and read it, then of course we're going to go, well, give me the fast forward version. Give me the TikTok version. I want the 59 second version of what you want to talk about. But the Bible is a hard document to read. Like I came across this book when I was 23 years of age. Yep. And I picked up a King James, right? Yeah. For those who don't know, King James was written in six, uh, 1611. Well, in 1611. I, yeah, yeah. First, uh, it might have been a bit later. It was probably a bit later, yeah, but yeah, it was but a 1611 when it started. Yeah. And so it's the, the Shakespeare in English. Yeah, yeah. You know, these and those and those. Things. And when I first read, I thought that was the Bible. Yeah. And when I read it, it was hard book to read, yeah. right? For someone, I didn't even like books. I like books with magazines, like, you know, cars and, and other things. And I wasn't a Christian, right? But when I, when I actually started spending time in that, in that book reading it, I actually encountered this Jesus. Yeah. And it took time. That, well, that's why you read it. That's why exactly that, that's why what you John read 5, 17 it. says. You, you open the Bible to read it to find out about Jesus. Okay, I want to move it on because I want to ask you both questions. Uh, did you want to point... I was just going to say, so Wayne, what would you say? Like you've, you've, you've grown up a Christian, right? Yep. Where would you say to someone like me who came in to the faith thing, where would you say, hey, here's a good place to start? Because I'll tell you where I started. I started in Revelation because this is my theory. Revelation, for those that don't know, is the last part of the Bible. And I was like, if I, I'm not going to waste my time reading the whole thing. Let me tell, let me see how it's going to end. Well, so and you Revel- found out how it was going to end. I found out how it was going to end, but it was super, super complicated. Yeah. Where would you recommend someone to open up and just start reading? All right, so if we're looking, talking about the story of Jesus and the impact that Jesus has to change lives, you've got to start in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, What's Luke, a Gospel? John. So the Gospels, the first four, four books of the New Testament. Tell us what the Old and New Testament are, just very quickly. So Simple the, definition. So the Old Testament really pointed forward to Jesus, yep. and the New Testament is the fulfilment. So it's the story of Jesus it's and the beyond. the story of Jesus and beyond. Okay, good. Yeah. So so the New Testament is a story of Jesus and beyond. You start in the first book there, or? Yeah, just one Would of Would you start in Matthew? Would you start Mark, Luke, John? Have you got one you'd recommend? Um, I guess I'd, I'd look at... But maybe being the shortest, I'd, I'd look at the, the book, of, book of Mark. <laughs> I would say Mark too. You know, is there, there. Why, why Mark? Um, it's a condensed, concise story of, of Jesus. And so okay. for me, that, that's where I would start. Interesting. Well, why would you start, okay, Mark? Here's what I said, okay, because then I'll tell you where I'd start, and yeah. it's not Mark. If people are listening who have ever watched like um, MasterChef yep. or one of these reality TV shows, you'll notice that there's always a cliffhanger. Yep. 
and it's like it's snappy like the show's snappy right so Mark snappy. is a snappy book it and it constantly leaves you on cliffhangers and then it picks up it changes gear and comes back and like one of the there's only 16 little chapters yeah, yeah, in Mark yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. and in every single chapter you read this word and immediately yeah. Jesus went into this and immediately they went into this and then immediately like it's the most used word and it's the, like it's you feel the adrenaline when you read the little book who wrote it Mark. Who's okay. he? So Mark was a, uh, a guy who met the apostle Peter. And the, the legend goes, he, Mark was a student in um, Alexandria, in the, in the world-famous library in northern Egypt. And he was into literature and those sorts of things. The story goes he met um, Peter in Rome and liked what he had to say about the gospel, the good yep. news about Jesus. Yep. And he became a follower of Peter. And so the, the legend goes, I love this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The legend goes, he's a young guy. Yeah. He says, hey, Peter. It's going to take forever if the gospel is going to be preached by people like you and the disciples. <laughs> he said, let's write the thing down and let's copy so it and send it out. Sense, it's this media. Could be, this could be Peter's perspective it's through Mark and the story of Jesus. 100%. I think there's some truth to that. 100%. It's Peter's, is that, Peter's perspective. Have you got another reason why you like Mark? Or? No, I, that's the use of the word immediate. Um, that's something I picked up last year. And I just started circling it, going through the gospel of, of Mark, circling the word immediate. And it was just fantastic to see people coming to Jesus. Something immediately happened. Yeah. Lives were changed. And I think as we look at you know, some of the needs in our life, it just gives real encouragement yeah. to reading the story of Jesus. We don't have to wait for, oh, when's, when's this going to happen? Scripture tells us, you know, immediately these sort of transforming things of, of drawing us into the presence of Jesus, transforming our lives are things that happened straight he, away. He Love does, it. I think it's fair to say he does, when you start doing this, come pretty much immediately too. Yeah. God does not leave you waiting long if you get and open the Bible. You're going to start to encounter Jesus. Hey, I'm going to get into trouble from you too. But the book I like, and I think it's all personal, <laughs> isn't it? Look, it's, it's all, all given, all your inspiration of God. It I says. like the book of John. Mm. I love John too. And do you know why I like John? Tell me. Because I got this sense in my head that John was about 16 when he first started to follow Jesus. That, that's just legend too. Yeah. We're not sure, but he was very young. He was young. He was the youngest. And it's like this young man just fell deeply in love with the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And whenever he's talking about Jesus, you can see his love just pouring out as he writes about this man. But he didn't start out like that. No. He was, uh, he, he's thunderous. walking with Jesus. He, you know, the sons of thunder. Yeah, you know, that was his nickname. <laughs> How many we can relate to that? Um, but his constant walking with Jesus brought renewal and it changed him. Yeah. And that's powerful when we look at the struggles that we have as individuals. Walking with Jesus will actually change us. John's very relational too. Yeah. You know, he talks about being born again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's powerful stuff. He talks about the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit, third person of the Godhead, in your walk with you. So for me, it's been a great blessing. But every single one of those Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is fabulous. So the bonus of Mark yep. is that you get the whole story Very quickly. really quickly. You do. So in 16 and chapters, you've got it. Yeah. That's, the, that's the advantage mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. The advantage of uh, Gospel of John is, and I love the Gospel of yeah, John, yeah, yeah, yeah. is this. And again, this is a little bit legendary as well, but yeah. we believe that the Gospel of John is the last book written mm -hmm. in the canon of yeah, Scripture. Yeah. So Revelation, even though it's last in the book, it's not the last mm -hmm. written. This and, is the old man. Which means it was John that wrote Revelation, yeah. who then wrote the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. And we have the most 
most mature view mm. of Jesus's life and teaching. And so it's, it's a refined. lifetime, isn't it, too? Yeah. It's a long time of walking with Jesus. How old was John when he wrote it then? 90? More? Less? You'd have to be older because we believe he wrote Revelation in 96 AD. Yeah. And if we, he was about 16 or so when uh, Jesus shows up around 30 AD, then, yeah, he's, he's, he's old. Quickly, because we're running out of time. Wayne. Do you have a version do you, that you would suggest people read? Depends what I'm actually doing. Sometimes for my early morning devotion, yep. I will read the, the New Living Translation. Yep. Um, for more of my Bible study, I've got a New King James Bible yep. study. Um, is there so a reason for this or is this just your personal... It's probably more my personal um, yeah. approach to it, but then because you would have been brought up the New King James, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then when I get into looking at some of the key words, yep. I'll actually go back to the Greek interlinear Bible yep. to see what some of those words were meaning. How did they translate this? Was it anyone can do that, by the way, too? You don't yep. if you don't have to speak Greek or Hebrew Just go or Arabic. To the web, search yeah. um, interlinear. interlinear. And, you can get um, apps now for free as well. Yeah. There's yep. a great amount of tools to help dig deep into it. So you like NLT and NKJV? Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Well, this is a... Uh, okay, let me put it this way. Any Bible translation that you're reading is it's a good, good translation, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the yeah. safe way out of this yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually not trying to get a discussion here on translations. Yeah, yeah. And yeah it's a personal what, choice. I'm actually yeah. just asking you yeah. personally I am, what you like. I am quite passionate myself yeah. on which translations I use. Yeah. Um, but like Wayne, I I mean, I've got like 30-something translations yeah. in my personal library, right? And I use I like to go through all the different translations through different yeah. periods of the, my, of my my journey. However... Um, the backstory to why I so currently I use New King James, mm -hmm. and the reason I started on the Old King James. Mm -hmm. So most of the memory verses that I have memorized from scripture are Old King, are old James. King James, right? So I've got to try to upgrade them into New King yeah, James speak yeah, when I yeah. quote them. But for me, this is the the real reason for translations beyond the scene. Um, there's a bunch of manuscripts behind these yep. translations because here's the point every single English translation you read is just that it's a translation yeah. so there's there's better and, and, and not so good but they're all fabulous really I like yeah. what you said if you're reading the Bible yeah. that's a positive so for Bible study, as you said, Wayne, there's certain things. If I'm doing a, a Bible doctrinal study, I want to know what I believe and why I believe it. I go to what is more of a literal translation, which is like your, your New King James, your Old King James, your, your Young's literal interlinears, that mm. sort of stuff, which are harder to read. Yeah. But they're more they're closer to the story. Although the New King James version, to be fair, is yeah, pretty easy yeah. reading. But as you get more to the interlinear and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But on the other side, if you're doing like a devotional reading and things yeah. like that, then yeah, things like your... your um, new century, new living. Yeah, those sorts of things. There's a whole. So there's a really interesting graphic. You can get all the translations on a spectrum, mm. and it will show you where they sit from thought to word mm. in terms of translation. Translation by thought, translation by word. And if I'm doing doctrinal study, I want to go closer to the word, mm. like as in word mm. for word. If I do sort of devotional or other purposes, I'll go more that way. I think I'm hearing from you guys. You use a variety of translations. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a bit like Wayne. I'm NKJV. I don't know why. I really, there's no real reason for it except I actually really like the NKJV. And I think sometimes when it's unpacking the truth, it does it fairly succinctly. And for me, I like that. It's interesting. When I was younger, I was using the, the New International Version. Yep. But when I changed to the New King James, I got accustomed to where things were in the NIV version in that particular <laughs> Bible. And so when I, I flipped over to the New King James, I where is that verse again? Well, I knew it was, it was top left of the page and I couldn't find it. So, you know, you get accustomed to, you know, this Bible I've had now for probably 12, 15 years. And I know that if I don't know the verse, I'll know it's top left, 
and I'll find it. Do you know, it. one of my um, professors told me to change your Bible, like the physical book, yeah. every 12 months because then you get the word in yeah. here and you don't get accustomed to the Good pages. Suggestion. Good suggestion. But that, that's why I have 33-something Bibles. You know what I had to do? I, I actually study the Bible online a lot. I've, I go to Bible Gateway, which has got 20, 30, 40 translations. Right. Good you website. Know, get your interlinears and all the rest of it on there. I actually have to, and I write notes as I'm going through, I have to try and wipe those notes out because I like to go to the Bible when it's clean. Yeah. I don't want to let my view <laughs> of it three or four months ago pack. And here's the great thing for me in the Bible. It's incredible because every time you're reading it, you're finding something different. Yeah. It's fresh. Uh, because the Holy Spirit gets into you. Uh, I think we're running out of time, Hunty. Is that right? Yep, we're uh, done. We're out of time. We're time, for, time for our last song. Uh, one last comment from each of you, and then we'll go to the last song. Quickly on this. Uh, we'll do that at the, at the end. Okay. Um, you've got to start. If, if you're struggling, um, experiencing, want to experience life, come to the text. Come to Scripture. Go to the book of Mark. Reading. Go to the book of Mark. Start in Mark. Okay. One, very quick. Very we're quick out of time. This. Open up the Bible. Pick any verse. Read that verse and ask yourself a simple question. God, what does this verse mean for me today? Love it. Let's play a song, Hunty. That's Mylon Lafer, and Beautiful. I'm sad to hear that he died just a... Uh, uh, really? Do you know it was only a few days ago? I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, he passed away. One of the great um, singers... Mm. 
passes in North America. Uh, why we've only got seconds, but you've got a special. You and um, Robbie have a special gift you're giving away. Is that right? That's right. So the team have been developing a, a magazine called Signs of the Times. And so if you'd like to your free copy, you can either visit us here at the Faith FM booth at Bunty. Where are we? We are at Watson Park Convention Centre, three three seven Old Gimpy Road, Kalanga, Queensland. All right. So if you're near, come and drop in, and we'll give you one of those. If you're listening online in different states, Robbie, how can we get one of these Signs of the Times okay, magazines? You want, you want to take out your phone right now, get out your texting app, and you want to text to the Aussie Pastors phone number. That's 04 888 Say it again, 04 888 If you don't get the number, you can go check it out, the numbers on the Faith and Web website. But here's what you've got to do. Get your phone out, text that number, you text the code word SIGNS, S-I-G-N-S. That's it, nothing else. Just text that through. We've got an SMS bot that's going to reply to you and say, hey, want to give you an offer what's your name what's your address and we will get one of these great little magazines Wayne that you've got here um, out to you absolutely free so once again text the word signs to 04 888 it was a privilege having you two on the program today and I mean two of my mates and I really enjoyed listening to you Wayne and Robbie thank you guys for coming onto the show thanks for having us and it's I'm going to actually break. ask you Robbie because Wayne started the program to close with a prayer oh absolutely my pleasure let's pray Uh, We just pray in uh, Jesus' name, Father, that uh, those listening in around the country today would be blessed and inspired to open up those books sitting in our uh, bookshelves around the country, these Bibles. We'd open them up and we'd get the dust off the covers and uh, just let those verses start lifting off the pages and entering into our mind and our imagination. We just pray that you would help us to understand whether it's the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of John, or anything in between, speak to us through your word, and may we find Jesus the way he intended to be. In his name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, thanks, guys, for coming on to the show. Thank you. My name is Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty, and I'm the techie. And you know what? We love you. But Jesus loves you a whole lot more. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.